So hello there and welcome to my table, Firestarter Ignite, a table on the go for your delight and encouragement, filled with various delights for your soul. If you are new to this, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. Tune in, listen, apply. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend here with me. I know you got places to go. I know you got things to discover. I know you got people to see, but here you are. And if you are returning, so glad to have you. For those of you that have not visited my website, I highly encourage you to do so. Firestarterignites.com. Head on over there and I'll see you on the other side. Hello and thank you once again for joining my table of delight, Firestarter Ignite, a podcast on the go derived from my journey of life for your delight and encouragement. I share what's on my heart as well as the journey that I'm on with those that I'm connected to. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing a study on the book of Matthew and you too can be part of it. Join, if you have not yet, a private Facebook group, Sword Study Delight, for discussions and further details. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Sword Study Delight. Without further ado, let's get started. Matthew chapter 15. Then some Pharisee and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God. It's basically a twisting of rules going on. They are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. He calls them, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So traditions, in other words, are human rules, religious human rules. And it is a stumbling block to believers. So I just wanted to share my insights on the chapter that I've studied a while back. And uh, so today we are actually going through the same chapter. Washing hands before eating food was a religious ritual for the Pharisee. And if someone did not wash their hands, they would watch these people like a hawk so that they would wash their hands. And if they didn't, they would begin to ask questions like, why are you not doing what you were supposed to be doing? And isn't it like in this world to have people that constantly watch you? And if you're not doing right, they're pointing fingers at you and saying, hey, why aren't you doing what we're doing? Why aren't you doing what our ancestors been doing? Why don't you, why don't you wash hands? Or why don't you do that or that? Washing hands was a traditional 
ritual that they were doing or practice, I'm sorry. And, and so they, they watched the disciples and they said, listen, you know, we've been watching your, your followers, but they, they haven't been doing what we're doing. Instead of focusing on their own walk and focusing on what they are doing, they directed, directed their sight to what others were doing. And Jesus, he replied them. He says, listen, you're preaching and hollering over here. Don't do this. But you yourself are breaking the, the rules of God. You're, you're, you're following these particular practices. But you're forgetting what's important. Honoring your father and mother. You're forgetting or you're making excuses to try to fit into that ideology. And Isaiah prophesied about people like that. These are called Pharisees. They honor God with their lips, but their hearts are far from it. Their hearts are far from God. Their hearts are far from what they're feeling. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And I feel, I feel sorry for people like that. I feel bad. And at one time I was that person who did things because somebody else told me without actually sitting down and researching for myself. Is it really what the Bible says? I need to study the, study the word of God to show myself approved unto God. I can't be listening just because somebody else is doing something. Everybody has their own traditions. Everybody has their own things that they're following. Why do I have to follow what they follow? I got to align my beliefs with the word of God. Do they align with the word of God? And he says, you pay attention to tradition while you break the very commands of God. Hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. Hypocrites are people who pretend to be what they are not. They're phonies. They're pretenders. They're putting on a show. They're magistrates. They, they are entertainers. They're acting out. They're false worshipers. He says, in vain they worship me, teaching the commandments of men, which is the made-up rules. Let us continue. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen, understand. He said, let me put this once and for all. What goes into somebody's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. That is what's going to pollute a person. Not what you put into your body. But what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of your heart. These are the things that God is looking for. A man looks at the outward appearance. But God looks on the inside. God looks on the inside of us. He checks our motives. He checks our intentions. 
Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisee were offended when they heard this? The disciples came and said, Hey, they offend they got offended. And when you get offended, your spirit is full of bitterness. When you get offended, you're angry. When you get offended, you look and you at others with contempt. You're full of unforgiveness. And so, what does Jesus say? He replied, Every plant that my fa heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a pit. Wow, what a picture. They come to him and they say, what, what should we do? They're, they're offended. Shouldn't we just go tell them, reason with them, whatever? He said, nah, leave them alone because they're blind and they won't see it. You have to leave them alone. And so if you're encountering Pharisees today who pretend to be what they're not, leave them alone. If they're phonies, pretenders, leave them alone. I used to, I used to take, it all, take it all in my hands and I would try to reason with some of these people. But then there, come a, there came a point where I had to get wisdom. And I had to walk away from that nonsense. I had to walk away from those type of people that put on a show and pretend to be something they're not. But you know what? God bless them. You know what? May they find God and God opens their eyes. I once was a hypocrite too. But God came and he showed me my ways. He showed me my hypocritical ways. And when I saw them, I couldn't say anything. When he showed it to me, I said, Lord, I can't say anything. You're right. I said, you're right. When he told me friendship with the world is enmity with God. I couldn't argue with him because I was friends with the, with, with the world. I was, I, I, I was um, associated with the things of the world. I couldn't say anything. And when you acknowledge, when you acknowledge that, Lord, you're right. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Son, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was only, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, is it, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. A Canaanite woman was a woman that was not a Hebrew. 
She was a woman, a Gentile. And so she couldn't be even associated with Jesus or disciples. He says, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But notice the persistent, persistence of this woman, the, t- the, t- the determination that this woman had. When Jesus asked her a question, she was humble. And she answered with humility. She says, yes, I don't deserve it. But even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. That's humility. I don't care what you say, but this this is humility. She realizes that she cannot be associated with with, uh, Jesus and the disciples. But she says, I understand But I'm humbling myself before you. And Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. He says, because of your faith, because of your persistence, because of your determination, your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. She received what she was looking for. She received what she was asking. Oh, how great is that type of faith. Verse 29. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Miracles took place. Wherever Jesus went, miracles took place. If we have the same power that lives on the inside of us, miracles should take place everywhere we go, everyone we talk to. Miracles should take place. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they will collapse on the way. Jesus was compassionate. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went 
to the vicinity of Magadan. So it says that when he gathered all these people, they became hungry. And so instead of sending them home away and sending them away from himself, he made miracles or he made wonders. Instead of sending them away, he provided the food for them. Okay. Instead of sending them away empty-handed, he provided what they needed for that day. And he provided more than enough because of his compassion. He provided more than enough. And all the people that were there were filled. And even leftovers. They even had leftovers. I hope that you have been blessed by this chapter. It's a very, very powerful chapter. Speaking on the miracles and wonders of Jesus. I hope that you study the word. Or you, you study the scripture in context. That you study the scripture Take time to study the scripture. There is so much insight, so much wisdom within each passage. So much, so much is, is pouring out from heavens, even right, even as I speak. So much is pouring out at this moment. Get in that study room and find out for yourself. God bless and take care. So the next chapter that we are going to jump into is Matthew chapter 16, verse 1 and further. I'm going to be leading by the leading of the, I'm going to be reading by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I don't quite know what God's going to do. Because he works in mysterious ways. And I don't have anything planned. I allowed the Holy Spirit to lead me in my thoughts and even instructions. In Jesus' name. And so, I'm going to be reading from verse 1 and forward. The Pharisee and Sadducee came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. It's a little section that Pharisee, who are righteous experts of the law, and the Sadducee, who were also ones who believed in did not believe in the resurrection of Christ or resurrection, um, came to Jesus and their intent was to test him. Their intent was to bring accusations to Jesus. So they were looking for anything that they could find 
to accuse Jesus. And so this time they come up with another one. Show us a sign from heaven. And Jesus always had an answer for them. He, has a, he had a wise answer for them. Because they always seek to accuse Jesus and insult Jesus. And Jesus goes on to criticize them. He says, listen, you know when evening comes, you understand that when the sky is red, that means the evening is soon to arrive. Like you understand you know, when it's stormy or the clouds get dark, you understand it's going to rain. And you understand that you basically understand the weather of this world. But you don't understand how to interpret the signs of the times. You're concerned for the weather of this world, but not the weather, the spiritual weather. So once again, Jesus is using a parable to speak to the Pharisee and the Sadducee. He says, you don't need a sign. It is engraved inside of you to understand the signs. But none will be given to you except the sign of Jonah, which is the death, resurrection, and burial of Christ Jesus. His answer was straight up. He didn't play around. He didn't jump around. He was straight up with them. And let us go into the next verses because it also covers the Pharisee and the Sadducee. Maybe they came back, right? When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisee and Sadducee. He reminded the disciples. He used the opportunity of them forgetting the bread to speak a message or to be or or to remind them or to remind them or to instruct them be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisee and the Sadducee they discussed this among themselves and said it is because we didn't bring any bread they're still focusing on the physical matter and Jesus is not talking about the yeast of the bread. He's talking about the yeast of the Pharisee and Sadducee. Jesus is always speaking to us in the matters of life, but are we listening? Or are we like the disciples who are concerned for the natural part of the world and not the spiritual? Aware of their discussion, Jesus said, You of little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? He says, 
Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisee and Sadducee. He repeats it again. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread. Finally, they get it. Oh, I get it, Jesus. Like, now I get it. Thank you for explaining it. Now we get it. He wasn't talking about the bread. He was talking about the teachings of the Pharisee and the Sadducee. Which, Pharisee were the experts of the law and tradition of the elders. And so they passed it down to their generation. And he said, be on guard against them because they spread. Yeast spreads. It spreads into the bread. So be careful. Powerful. Once again, he's talking about the Pharisee. Once again, he's talking about the things that we would come up against in our lives. Jesus, right here, is instructing the disciples to be on guard, to stay on watch, to be careful. Are we careful? Are we testing everything that we are taught with the Word of God? Are we testing every doctrine, tradition, or are we simply going along with it because we trust those who are experts? But did you know that the experts, because of their wisdom, because of their knowledge can also become prideful and arrogant and be used by Satan to bring about a doctrine of demons. Not everyone who says, Lord, 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 will enter into the, the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone says who knows Jesus really knows Jesus. They can know the law, they can know what the Bible says, but not really have that personal relationship with God. They can know about the matters of the law and teach it really good, but not really have that relationship with God. And that's what matters, is knowing Him. Understanding why those precepts have been set. Understanding why certain traditions were passed down. Understanding all of that. So let us be on guard. Let us always study. And then align what we hear with the scripture of God.
with the precepts of God. Because it's really, really important that we don't get led astray. It's really important that we don't be deceived. For many false prophets have gone into the world to deceive many. We must be careful. God bless. Hello, hello, hello. You are here with Lena the Firestarter and I am here to ignite your soul's desire for the word of God, his righteousness, his holiness for the kingdom of God. Thank you for joining. We are currently in the book of Matthew and uh, we are tackling certain sessions by the leading of the Holy Spirit. I was also happy to learn that my mother who has raised me who has prayed for me and has placed certain values in me, has been listening to the podcast that I have been recording. So shout out to my mama, who is also listening and learning uh, from her own daughter. Shout out to my mama. I will be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 to 20, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Here we come upon Jesus and Peter having a conversation. And, and not just Peter, but all the other uh, disciples. And so he's asking the disciples, who do, you pe who do people say the Son of Man is? You have been listening, you have been aware of listening and being aware of the conversation that's going on around, who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they replied that some people say he is John, you're John the Baptist, and some people say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he says, what about you? What do you think? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know who Jesus is today? Do you know that he is your Messiah? Do you know that he is son of the living God? Do you know? Are you aware of who Jesus is today? Who do you say that I am? Jesus is still asking today, who do you say that I am? If you knew who I am. If you knew who I am, who it is that's speaking to you, if you knew, you would know the authority that I placed on the inside of you. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and spirit, but by the Father in heaven, but by my Father in heaven. He says, you, you did not uh, recognize this or, have been, uh, or, or, or has understood this by your own flesh and blood. No, this is the Father in heaven revealing this to you. This is the Father in heaven who has given you this knowledge and understanding. This is only the Father in heaven who, uh, who has given you the ability to understand, who has given you the ability to comprehend what it is that, that I am asking. And he says, I tell you that you are Peter. Peter. 
He has given him the name. Peter means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot overcome it. The gates of Hades cannot overcome it. Anything that comes up against it will not be able to overcome it. This is my church set up of many different people. This is my church, says God. I am building a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And not only will the demons and the principalities and powers will not be able to come overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. How powerful is this? The master... The Messiah, son of the living God, is giving us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever sickness, whatever disease we lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I apologize. Whatever sickness or disease that we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever peace, joy, comfort we lose on earth will be loosed in heaven the authority is given to the son of man the authority is given to you peter the authority is given to you the bride of christ the church of the living god the authority has been given to you to bind and to lose things on the earth as it is manifested in heaven do you recognize this authority today? As you are reading the word of God, do you recognize that authority today that you can speak to that sickness and it shall bow to you? Do you recognize that authority that you should speak to that, uh, uh, to that disease and it will bow to you, that fear and it will bow to you, that doubt and it will bow to you? Do you recognize the authority that God has given you? Do you recognize the keys that he's given you? We must walk by faith. We must become like little children. We must be born of the water and spirit to be able to walk or to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And as we are entering into the kingdom of heaven, we are given authority to bind on earth As it bound in heaven and to lose on earth as it loosed in heaven that authority that is placed in your hand. Do you recognize? Do you recognize how powerful that is? Do you recognize? In Jesus' name. God is igniting people's hearts at this hour to pick up this authority. To pick up this authority. That the gates of hell cannot come against it. To pick up those keys. That whatever you bind on earth. Will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth. Will be loosed in heaven. And you, you, whoever you are. Listening to the sound of my voice. I ignite your soul's desire. To be about the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else shall fall into place. Everything else shall be added unto you. Everything else that you desire shall be accomplished. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom. And for the keys to unlock that kingdom. In Jesus name. In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Stay tuned for the next section. God bless you. So today I want to jump into the next chapter, Matthew 16, verses 21 to 28. I'm going to be reading from New International Version, but you are welcome to use any kind of Bible that you feel comfortable with. Um, and so follow along and I'm going to present my reflections. They are not... They might not be in the Bible, but it's reflections that can give you a better picture of what's going on in a particular passage. Verse 21, 28, Matthew 16. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory and with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, someone, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man, coming to His kingdom. So here we see Jesus probably gathering somewhere in a house or maybe outside. And they're just talking amongst themselves and, and Jesus brings up His purpose. He knows what His purpose is and so He brings it up and He says, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. And here comes Peter. Peter is one of His disciples maybe the bible's the bible um pictures him as uh, a man that that walked closely with god and so here's peter taking him aside and and um and begins to rebuke him for you know what he's saying because it doesn't make sense he's like why are you going to you know um why are you going to go in and suffer like What's going on, you know? And and sometimes we as friends, we stop other people from pursuing their purpose. We start, stop other people from, from accomplishing what God has set them up to do. Mm -hmm. We will discourage them or we will come in front of them and say, Oh, no, don't, don't, don't talk like that or don't think like that. And Jesus at that moment, he perceived that 
that it wasn't just Peter who was talking, but it was Satan. Satan was using Peter to speak to Jesus. And so he doesn't waste time explaining to Peter, but he rebukes Peter instead. And he says, get behind me, Satan. And he's not really talking to Peter, but he's talking to that spirit that, um, that is coming up against him. For we fight not people, but principalities and powers that are set up in high places to destroy us. To destroy us. These are people that are influenced by the enemy. They are influenced by what the enemy is saying. And so they will come up against you and will try to discourage you. Will try to um, stop you from going to where you need to go. And at that moment... You're not supposed to be looking at your friend and, you know, trying to reason with them, but rebuke them. Say, uh, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And that's what um, Jesus is saying. And then Jesus is, is talking to his disciples as he continues on, um, is having this conversation. And we've heard this conversation many times, or we've heard this statement many times. And Jesus says to his disciples, uh, verse 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. They must deny their own feelings and emotions. They must deny everything that, that they are comfortable with and take up the cross. Cross represents suffering. Cross represents trouble, hardship. And follow Jesus, follow after his footsteps, follow what he did, follow after him. And he says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to hold on to this life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for his sake will find it. This is, this is a principle of heaven right here. What good will it be to gain the whole world? Or, or what, what good will it be to... Uh, to um, to gain everybody's approval, what good will it be to please people um, and 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 lose your soul in the process? What good would it be? Jesus is asking. Jesus is saying, what good would it be if you lose, if you gain the whole world, you gain the approval of the whole world, but you forfeit your soul, you lose your soul. And can anyone give anything in exchange for their soul? Can anyone bribe? Can anyone give anything uh, to to um, to gain approval with God? And uh, and so he continue, continues on with this conversation, and um, and so he is sp still speaking to us today. He is saying that if you want to be my disciple, then you must pick up your cross. You must first deny yourself, and second, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross, meaning pick up your burdens, pick up your struggles, pick up your troubles, whatever it is that you are carrying in life, and follow Jesus. Because it will be easier when you follow Him. When you follow after Him and you follow after His footsteps, it will be easier for you uh, with all of your burdens, with all your troubles, with all of your struggles. Because God will help you carry all of your struggles. And so, um, if you today are holding on to the dear to this dear life, or you are seeking approval from other people, you're seeking approval from the world, or 
you're seeking approval and in the process compromising your beliefs or in the process tolerating what you believe or, or tolerating the evil around you, um, there, there is a better way. There is a better way. There is a way to pick up your cross, deny yourself, deny your feelings, deny what you, not deny your feelings necessarily, but, um, but to, to take them under control. Deny what you feel and, and take it under control. Pick up that cross and follow Jesus. So I hope this was an encouragement to you. I hope that was something that you needed to hear today. And so God bless you as we stay tuned for the next chapter.